Hey, all you beautiful souls, and welcome to the Eat, Pray, Slay podcast. My name is Shalane Carter. I'm your host. I'm also a personal trainer, yoga teacher, meditation guide, and spiritual leader. This podcast is the perfect convergence of all things health, wellness, yoga, and spirituality, and really learning to break through limitations and open yourself and your spirit up to receiving all the abundance the universe has to offer. Each week, along with myself and many other awesome guests, you'll begin to expand your knowledge and insight on how to level up and step into your highest self. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello, everyone, and thank you again for joining us on the Eat, Pray, Slay podcast. My name is Shalane Carter. I'm your host, and I'm sitting here with Raquel Cohen, who is an amazing botanical stylist and energy worker. So she really utilizes plants and the healing powers of Mother Nature um, in her work. She has a background in environmental education, really focusing on the oceans. She is an author um, of the Infinite Infinite Succulent. Um, So it's a craft book, being able to utilize plants in your space and an educator. She's just such a powerhouse, I think, for Mother Nature in general and how to bring it into our own lives not just to heal, but also to make the space beautiful and to, uh, you know, cleanse the space. And I think we can use a lot of that considering that we have so much environmental stressors right now. She is probably like God's gift for sure. So thank you so much, Raquel, for, for joining us. Oh, thank you so much. What a pleasure. And oh, thank you for those beautiful words. Huge smile on my face. <laughs> oh, good. I was like, when I mean, when you list all that out, you're like, wow, I did all that. I, you forget how amazing you are sometimes. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so I was so. We are in a a group together, and when I was like, you know what, I'm really wanting some people that utilize like crystals, and um, I wanted some people that used the powers of of nature and kind of the powers of our own bodies and stuff like that. And if you guys check out her Instagram, so she is at infinite succulent on Instagram. It is literally like the most beautiful plants. And like, she's got people laying down and they have plants on them. And you're like, yes, I would like to be, I would like to be in that position. So I want, I want you to tell everyone a little bit about your background and kind of your history. Cause I just don't feel like you get to the point of helping people to heal with plants and crystals just by like, I woke up and this is what I'm supposed to do. So tell everyone a little bit about your background. Oh, I would be so happy to, because it's been kind of convoluted. I've had numerous iterations in my career at this point, but as a young child, I was raised in a pretty religious home, uh, modern Orthodox Judaism, and it just never resonated for me. Um, I didn't feel any presence of divineness, like divinity in itself through the rituals I was taught, through the schooling I went through, but I felt it every single day outside in nature. Mm-hmm. So from a very young age, I just knew that my role here on earth in this lifetime was to kind of be a bridge between humanity and the natural world. And at first I was really obsessed with dolphins. <laughs> Oh my gosh, me too. I'm obsessed. <laughs> um, I wanted so to be a marine biologist at one point. Well, that's, and that's what I did. So I went into marine biology, um, but I'm not so much like a lab scientist person. I'm way more of a communicator and educator. So I went into the education realm. I moved to Hawaii with some of my best girlfriends after undergraduate, after I graduated and started working at an ocean education place there and did some research with, with marine mammals as well and learned to surf. Which was awesome. oh, well, it's like you're living the dream. It, sounds it like. was. It was. I mean, I still, I still look back very fondly and one of my best friends is still out there. So I always love to go out and visit. Um, and then I moved to San Diego because I wanted to come back to the mainland. And I started working at the San Diego Zoo Safari Park as an animal trainer and a presenter. So I trained a lot of wild animals, brought them out to the public and told people about them, let them know about these animals, their their habitats out in the wild and things that we can do to help protect these animals. So I was basically working with the animal ambassadors Mm. there at the park. I then went back and got my master's at um, Scripps Institute of Oceanography in marine biology and conservation and then quickly got hired at the Monterey Bay Aquarium 
also moved up there and did education there for about four years. Which I've heard is, I've never been there, but I have a girlfriend that's from there. She's like, every time I go out to California, she's like, we have to go to the aquarium. We have to go to the Monterey Bay Aquarium. It's so amazing. It is legit incredible. I mean, it is such a fantastic institution. They do so much amazing work on the ground when it comes to conservation. I mean, they have like a lobby group too that's working on Capitol Hill to make sure that they're getting different types of laws passed to the ocean. And the aquarium itself is gorgeous and they really believe in education. And um, it's, it's, for me personally, because I worked in education, we would have these students who would come in from all around Central California. It was, it was totally free for them to come and take some of the education classes at the aquarium as long as they could get there. And just to see these students' faces transform. I mean, these are kids who maybe have never been to the beach. And then all of a sudden, they're like touching abalone, feeding crabs, mm. um, having a chance to touch a sea cucumber, which is like a very tactile <laughs> experience, let me tell you. <laughs> I mean, but you see them light up. Like you see them come more alive in these experiences with other species. And I think that's really important. But anyway, we moved back down to San Diego when I was pregnant with my first daughter because um, my husband's work was based here. Loved being a mom. Things were going great. Quickly got pregnant with a second. Uh, about a few, maybe six months after the birth of my second daughter, I started noticing that I was just consumed by fear. Mm -hmm. Like I just felt, I would wake up in the morning anxious. I just felt really fearful. And this wasn't my first experience with anxiety. Um, actually, when I was doing my master's in marine biodiversity, I had my first real bout with really bad anxiety, like can't sleep, can't eat, that kind of consuming anxiety. And for me, a lot of it had to do with ecophobia. I was just learning so much about the damage that we were doing to the ocean, to our earth, and it was making me feel really hopeless and really scared. And um, I, at that time, I, you know, I started seeing therapists. I got on some anti-anxiety meds, kind of take the edge off a little bit. Oh. That was my first experience. And it's interesting because in my family, I was raised in a family where we talked very openly about this because unfortunately mental illness runs on both my mother and my father's side. So it's something that we talk openly about. My brother has had some experiences, my aunts and uncles. Well, and at um, that point, you're probably hyper aware of it. Yes. Because, because there is this, you know, yep. uh, ancestral pattern of, of it happening. So then that probably elicits more fear Yep. on top of the exactly. fear you're already having. Exactly. And the nice thing is that I, I could talk to my family about it, but I still felt like there wasn't, there wasn't as much focus on transforming that, that those feelings. It was more about like kind of medicating it, you know, and you know, talk, talk therapy is good and medicating it and, and kind of moving, kind of distracting yourself from it, right? Well, and honestly, in a, in a, our society now, the traditional way to deal with it is you have it, how can we right. just deal with it as opposed to healing it? I think dealing right. and healing are very, very different ways to go about mental illness because I don't think all of these types of things come from necessarily like they're always triggered by something else. Like they may be underlying in your DNA, but there, it wasn't until all the fear started to creep up that those things really started to play a significant role in your life. And you're like, well, but when did that happen and how can I change it? Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I love what you just said, that difference between dealing and healing, right? And that was the, the big thing with me is that for a long time, I felt like I was just dealing with it and kind of accepting, well, oh, they, this is just something I have to deal with as opposed to, really trying to alchemize it, right? Transform it, heal from it. So um, that, that, was, that was pretty big. And so after the birth of my second daughter, I just, it was kind of like a postpartum anxiety thing. And about the time where she turned one, it hit me really bad with insomnia, like I've never had in my life, where every night I get into bed and have this like panic attack of knowing I wasn't gonna sleep, but not really being able to get out of bed and do anything productive, just kind of laying there in fear. <laughs> like, and that's scary as a parent. You're like, I need to do like take yeah. care of my children. I can't lay in bed all day, but I also can't get out. Yeah, it was terrifying. I mean, I had to get my kids to 
my older daughter to her preschool in the mornings and I'm like, I'm on two hours of sleep and driving down the road. I'm like, this is not good. Yeah. <laughs> um, luckily I found a really awesome therapist who herself, beyond the talk therapy she did, she was very, very familiar with energy work and was starting as a chronic healer herself. And she saw within me that I had a lot of energy just stuck. Mm. She recommended this really awesome book called The Creative. Oh, I have it in my book. Oh, I'm forgetting the name right now, but oh, The Artist's Way. That's the name of the book by Julia Cameron. Okay. So she recommended that book. And then she said, You need to get creative. You need to find some form of art, ex you know, expressive writing, something to get creative to start unblocking yourself. Yeah. And so I'd always yeah. been really enamored with succulents here in California. They're everywhere. And actually for my wedding back in 2010, I chose to use all succulents for our wedding because at that time it was before succulents had kind of, it was before social media had blown up. So it was before succulents. Like, cool on like, yeah, on Instagram and everybody had yeah. a really beautiful succulent wall. I'm like, yeah. I'm get the succulents on the wall. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So at the time, back in 2010, going to a succulents, my florals for my wedding was like super wise choice financially too. They were way cheaper. I just, I love them but because. You're welcome. I'm saying <laughs> But I love them also because as much as I love flowers and they make me happy, there was always part of me that was like, they're dead, right? Like, <laughs> as soon as you cut them, they're like, thanks for the death bouquet, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but with succulents, when you clip them, they don't die. They'll actually continue to throw out roots and continue to live. So I actually have succulents from my wedding bouquet that are still thriving in a pot on my front porch. Oh, that's amazing. Amazing. <laughs> You guys, before we hit record, I was telling her that um, I can't, I couldn't even keep succulents alive. So um, after this podcast, I'm going to get with her to like figure out what, how did I kill all my succulents? <laughs> she's doing something right. 2010, it has been 10 years and she's still got succulents that are thriving. Oh yeah. All, all the groomsmen's boutonnieres are now shrubs in my backyard. I mean, oh, that's awesome. that's, and that's the thing I love so much about these plants is they have such a resilience and such a will to live. And that was such a huge inspiration for me. So I started creating little pieces of succulent art during my daughter's afternoon nap. So like instead of doing, you know, dishes and laundry and everything on the mom's list, right? I was like, I'm taking time, I'm taking it, I'm claiming it. And I started just making pieces of succulent art. And I I was so surprised to find that my brain just shut the hell up. <laughs> like it finally like just went stopped. You're like, oh. yeah, because when you're in anxiety and when you're in insomnia, your brain has gotten control. Like, yes, you're not controlling your mind anymore. Your mind is in refall in a lot of ways. Well, and it's in this loop of like, yeah. this leads to this thought, this thought leads to this thought, this thought leads all the way back to the first thought. And then the cycle continues yep. and like, you yep. can't get out. Yeah, and I would actually call it spiraling. You feel yourself spiraling in this. And you know you're doing it and you're like, why yeah. can't I stop? Yeah, yeah, and it makes you feel really powerless, right? Like you feel out of control, you feel powerless. When I went and made art with my plants, I just, I, my brain went quiet in like the most relaxing therapeutic way. I was so present, I was so mindful, I was so in the moment and I was creating these little, you know, little habitats, really. I, I loved making terrariums. It was the first thing I made. And so I was just, and I was a kid who loved like doll houses and mini everything, right? Yeah. So making these little terrariums felt like making little worlds. And it just filled me from my head down to my toes. Like I felt like I was coming alive again. So before too long, I had a ridiculous amount of art that I had created. <laughs> like, hey, we've got whole walls full of art. Coming <laughs> out of our ears, literally. <laughs> yeah, so I started gifting it to like friends and neighbors, and then they started asking if I could make some for them to gift, you know, to their friends or you know, housewarming guests, things like that. And then one of my friends was like, "You are an amazing teacher. Why don't you start doing workshops? You love to teach. You know, let's do workshops." And so I was like, "Okay, that sounds fun." So I started teaching workshops, and that's how Infinite Succulent was born. Um, was born from this place of, it was really born from a place of therapy, honestly. It was therapy for me. And I feel like 
unlocking your own creativity and especially doing it with the gifts from Mother Earth is like a recipe for magic. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, and I think too, it just lends so much to what you're saying of like, you are your own most powerful healer. Yeah. Like, and again, instead of just dealing with it and suffocating it with medication or anything like that, you're like, no, how do I work through it? How do I allow my mind to not go into that spiral? What can trigger then thought patterns that are productive and creative instead of damaging and a hamster wheel, you know? Totally. Um, and I, so, but then you're, you are also an energy worker. So explain to me a little bit then how your um, creative like workshops and stuff like that using plants and succulents then transferred into doing energy work as well. Um, so a lot of it actually was bridged by crystals, interestingly enough. I had always been drawn to crystals, just like I'm drawn to fun stones and pieces of driftwood. Like I'm, I was one of those kids who was a collector, right? Oh, look at that feather. Oh, oh that's it. I need, yeah, that's right there with that knob. That is for me, right? <laughs> so, um, so I was always drawn to crystals, more in the sense of like, it's so pretty. Look how it shines. Right? Well, and it feels very magical. Like when you're younger, yeah. you like associate this memory of like mystery and, and magic and like just almost like this like ethereal type of yeah. feeling with certain pieces. And as you're, as you get older, that seems very silly, but I think that's where the magic comes from is it's yeah. from you, like you found magic in it and it doesn't yeah it's not silly it's just like a good luck charm you know it's only good luck because you believe in it the the healing powers and stuff like that are there whether you want to use them or not through through mother earth and and through nature and stuff like that there's been so much evidence that crystals yeah. and all of those things really do create a lot of magic within your own life just because they are healing when you see something and it makes you feel good that is because the energy work is working <laughs> you know like if you're looking at something and it makes you feel better it, it lights you up there is an energetic vibration that is happening right there where your vibration is connecting with the vibration of whatever it is that you're looking at and it's uplifting you and that is a beautiful thing and that's how it should be yes and i um, think one thing that like people who are energy healers and energy workers teach people is to pay attention to the subtle yes. Um, power and the subtle magic that is in the every single day, the every single moment. It's in the, you know, sunshine yeah. that just feels good to your soul. It's in the, you know, when you feel the sand beneath your toes and it like feels revitalizing. People, we overlook all of those subtle moments of just like wonder and like divine moments of, of I think, wholeness, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and I, I completely agree with you. I think we're so busy most of the time that when you're at a moment, like, let's say you're walking on the beach, you just took your shoes off and you actually have to stop for a moment because you're like, whoa, that feels so good. Like, and you kind of rub your feet into the sand. That is, that, that's healing right then. Yes. And, and to learn to recognize it. Like, yeah. instead of just being like, oh, that feels good. Like, it's not that, it good. <laughs> that is actually your body saying, yes, I love this. I need this. I want more of this. Yeah. And learning to lean into those moments, right? Learning, even when they come in like milliseconds or like, yeah, right? lean into them when they're there because the power is palpable. That's why it stops you at that moment. And, um, it, it'll stay with you as right. well. Well, and look at even from childhood. So when you were younger, you were still interested in crystals and feathers and all of those things. So take me through that journey a little bit, how those crystals kind of, you know, led you into, to using succulents and plants and all of those things in your energy work? Well, you know, at the time, I the crystals weren't the big drive for me into the succulents. For me, it's interesting because I was looking back at some of my old journals as a kid and some of my, my notebooks, and I used to do this doodle as a kid. Remember, you know how the earring binders, you have the little holes on the side? Yeah. I would always draw this flower around that hole, and it was just a flower that would like kind of come out, the petals would come out over and arching each, and I realized, I look back, I'm like, holy crap, I was drawing succulents this whole time. I didn't even know what a succulent was, right? <laughs> but like, I knew this was drawing. falling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that was like a more recent realization. I was like, whoa, I was drawing succulents before I knew what they were. Yeah, but um, like magic in small moments, even there. Totally, totally. 
And I think another reason I love them so much is because they remind me so much of ocean critters, mm. even the way that they propagate the fact that you can break them off and they can, and then stick them back in the ground and they'll continue to grow roots and thrive is very much like corals. That's oh, a lot of corals reproduce in that way. Some of the way they look reminds me of different anemones and just, you remind me a lot of the ocean. Um, I never yeah. thought about that, but now that you say it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, it yeah. actually does. And the ocean was one of my very, well, was a, is still a deep love for me and was one of the big muses for me and, and you know, my career and my path. So I started actually planting succulents into crystals. I found these crystal candle holders at a thrift store and I was like, I can plant in here. <laughs> you know? I, I could put a succulent in there, no problem. And I just started planting into them. And I did it just because I loved the way they looked. I was drawn to crystals. I love I, I plant into driftwood too. Those are things that are just drawn that they just draw me in. But before long I was starting to realize that the more I worked with the crystals, the more I was especially combining the plants and the crystals, the better I felt. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is curious. I'm curious about this, right? Like, I know that people talk a bit more about metaphysical aspects of crystals. I don't know that much about that, but I'm curious. And so I started reading and learning more and I started choosing specific crystals I wanted to plant to that actually aligned with the body. Mm -hmm. I had a line of succulents that would align with each in itself so that people can you know, if they're experiencing issues of fear, right? Like perhaps we're going to plant into something that addresses the root chakra. All right. That is an area of security and stability. Um, and so I, I started to kind of learn more and more. I, I befriended someone here in San Diego who is a crystal healer. And I started to go in for some sessions with her because one thing I was finding is that the plants themselves were leading me into a deeper look into myself. So at first I started off just enjoying making art, enjoying doing these workshops. And then as the business started growing and then there started to become this pressure of like business owner, which was- It's not was, creative uh, in the same sense anymore. Yeah. And I started feeling a little bit of my self-doubt come back, a lot of my anxiety and a lot of this like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to be a creative. <laughs> I don't know how to be like super creative and also an entrepreneur. And so the plants, kind of kept on leading me toward going deeper, right? Learning more, getting into the metaphysical side of crystals, getting into really like what is energy in itself? Like what it, why when I work with these elements of nature, no matter how I feel when I start, like why do they always lift me up? What is that? So I started learning a little bit more about energy work. You know, I started becoming more of a receiver of it you know, taking in some of the, the crystal energy work in particular, and it just really kind of blasted me open in a lot of ways. And so I decided, and I was also one of these kids who was really sensitive to energy. Um, I didn't know at the time that that's what I was doing, but I just remember as a kid, like, if we were, you know, if I was sitting in an audience and someone was giving a presentation and I saw their hands shaking or I heard a quaver in their voice, like, I was flooded with their anxiety. Like, I I just would take on feelings of people around me. And I didn't know what that was for a while. And I remember in college, especially some of my close friends, like they never wanted to play guessing games with me because I always went into their heads and got their answers. You have an unfair advantage. <laughs> right. But I had no control over it. And I especially, you know, as an empath, it's really hard sometimes to like differentiate between what you're actually feeling and what you're taking in from everyone around you. So learning about energy work was also a way to kind of protect myself in a lot of ways. Well, and some, it may even be like, as you, I feel like the more that you learn about energy work, the more you're like able to discern those things, yeah. not just for yourself, but then you're also able to protect, which when you're going through things like, you know, a lot of fear-based anxiety, you're like, okay, I don't need anybody else's fear. I got enough of my yeah. own, yeah. really protecting your own energy when you're working on it. Because if not, you're so susceptible to taking on what's not yours. And exactly. I think that's such a common thing that most people, because of people-pleasing tendencies and fear-based um, like beliefs, they, and, and it is, it's part of it, I think, society too. It's just like family dynamics and things like that. You know, you don't yeah. want to disappoint your parents, you know, things like just 
all of those types of things play a role. And if you don't learn, if you're don't learn how to protect your own energy, you are so much more susceptible to taking on things that aren't yours. And then you have more healing work to do. Yep. I a hundred percent agree with you. And, um, I love my family dearly. They're good people, but they're very much ruled by fear. <laughs> um, you know, I think it's one of those things we realize as, as adults, you know, yeah. you recognize kind of, and it's, it's, it comes down a little bit to some of that, you know, healing ancestral trauma yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> I have a podcast episode about that. I want to say it's like the second or third one. Yeah, I saw that one. I actually have it on my to listen list. <laughs> so I was like, oh yeah. It was so powerful. You just don't realize that most of what you hold on to, even like that, your feeling of fear and you're like, I have a history of it. Just being aware of that yeah. programs you to you know, react in certain ways and utilizing things like plants or crystals or um, any of those resources that can really shift your energy without having any adverse reactions. Like you can't, you can't really have like too much rose quartz. <laughs> you know I mean? like, you can't, not that, not to say there are certain ones that are, you know, higher vibration. And so you're like, okay, I put them by my bed and I'm not sleeping well, but yeah, they're not yeah. going to like hurt you per se. Right. Like, you move it to the other side of the room, you're fine you know, and just utilizing these tools to be able to heal patterns that have gone on for generations. And I think just recognizing those patterns in and of themselves begins the healing, just acknowledging them, you know. I completely agree with you. A hundred percent, a hundred percent agree with you on that. Yeah. So the crystals really came in and pairing them with the plants in particular just became a really powerful practice for me. And I was starting to notice at that time too, when I was working with the plants, that I was starting to feel a lot of energy from the plants moving into my body as I was working with them. Um, I was starting to feel, especially like when I was prepping a plant to be planted into a crystal, I like to, if it's dry, if the root ball is dry, I like to take it and, and put it in a little bit of water before I plant it, give it a nice drink. And I actually could start seeing that I could feel the plant drinking. Like I could feel in my fingertips, the plants, when it started actually absorbing the water, I could feel it pulsating into my fingers and up my arm. And I knew, okay, it's had enough. Now I'm ready to plant it. So that was like, whoa, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that is pretty cool. I don't think most people can say I'm sensitive enough to feel what a plant is feeling. But when we get down to the subtleties of life, like everybody has this power, it's just tapping into it. Right, right. And that was a big thing for me is like this, the crystals with the plants in particular allowed me to tap in even deeper into the healing powers of nature itself. And one of the things I've learned in the last few years is that the dominant flow of energy to us here on earth is one of well-being. Mm. You know, there is a con and this is one of the things we are taught in pranic healing in particular, and in most energy modalities, really. It's that there is a constant flow of this divine life force energy coming to earth at all times. And it's coming to us at all times. We just do a really good job of blocking it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and for a lot honestly, I think some of that is for so long we've invested the power into other people in yeah. you know governments in you know a secure even like things like jobs like my nine to five is secure to me yeah. it's you know it's um uh security or you know whatever that is when really if you really knew your own divine power and your connection to you know this life force energy i don't think you would operate out of feeling secure in other people, you would know that the power resides within yourself and doing things like recognizing the life force within the plants really makes you just awaken all of your natural divine power, really. Yeah, I completely agree. And for a very long time, I found myself really easily, being that my background is in sociology and environmental studies, it was really easy for me to tap into the collective suffering of this, of, of the world. Like I, kind of like I know too much, right? <laughs> yeah. And so it was really easy for me to fall into these places of despair, feeling the suffering of everyone, not just humans around the world, but the plants, the species, the, the ecosystems, the, the yeah. ecosystem functions. Like I just, it was for too long, that felt to me like that was the dominant flow. 
And so it was a huge shift for me once I started working intuitively and creatively with plants in a way that was about inspiring beauty and connection, it shifted for me. And I realized that I could tap in to the wellness that is still flowing to us and the wellness that still exists just as easily as I could to yes. more undesired side of it. Yeah, it's so easy to, I, to be like sidetracked by like shiny objects is what I like to call them, but it's like, <laughs> The, the the quick fix things you know um you know material anything like material or anything like that where or or like that observing things that are going on in the world as opposed to knowing that we are all made of love and that our innate nature is to lean into love and wellness and feelings of of whole as opposed to feelings of separated and but it's so easy because it's shiny to be like <laughs> You know, oh, well, look at this, and oh, well, look at that, and rather than just returning, I think uh, Marianne Williamson has a, a book, it's, uh, I think, A Return to Love. Yeah, I love that book. Really, like, phenomenal read, but just, um, just affirming that, that, like that, like, instead of focusing on all the bad or all of the things that are negative, because they can always be there, the more that you lean into the love and well-beings um, and the collective love. I think the more you feel, the more your body searches out those experiences. Definitely. I completely agree with that. And I, you know, it's interesting because in Marianne Williamson's book, she also, I think there's this quote that says, it's not our failures that we fear the most, but it's actually our radiance, like our own radiance. And I think because we've been raised in such a fear-based society, that's been fear-based for a really long time, yeah. we actually become fearful of our divine infinite nature. Yes, like taking up space, like being seen, right. being heard. Like, that's why so many people struggle with like saying what they mean. And it's so much easier to yeah. send a text rather than have face to face conversation. A hundred percent. And, and so, and that's something even now that I realize as I'm, you know, branching out on my own and I'm, you know, writing a book and I'm trying to write more books and, and shooting videos on IGTV. Like, there are so many moments where like the perfectionist in me tries to come out and I sabotage myself because. I'm almost as afraid of like succeeding mm -hmm. as failing. And so in those moments, I know, okay, time to go to the plants. <laughs> time to go to plant and we'll all be good. <laughs> yeah. Time to get near my plants. Time to get near some stones and just breathe and remember that, you know, life is about love and that wellness is the problem of love. I love that. I love that. So um, now, so you offer as um, like a service now, something that you offer is energy sessions, yeah. healing sessions. Um, so kind of walk me through some of the, the steps to that. So people understand how you're utilizing um, plant medicine and not plant medicine as in like yeah. ayahuasca yeah. or like right. <laughs> taking anything like that. I mean, like plants. <laughs> Plants on the outside of your body. Yes. I call it uh, passive, passive plant medicine. <laughs> I love that. Passive plant medicine um, and crystals and things of the earth to uh, help you facilitate healing. Yeah. So this is a brand new endeavor for me. I actually just launched my services January 1st of this oh, year. So it's really exciting. And so the methods of energy work that I conduct are through pranic healing as well as crystal energy work. And then one of the things that I've incorporated that's kind of all of my own, um, and it's an intuitive thing, is I take sealant clippings and people opt in to the plant prana session. During the energizing part of the session, I actually lay the succulent clippings along the chakras. And I, I choose specific plants for the chakras based on my intuition and what I know about the plants and what I know about the chakras. And what I found, both in my own experience, doing it for myself and then doing it for others and their feedback, is that when you're re-energizing those vortices within the body, when you add the plants, it takes that feeling from a trickle to like a current. Mm. Plants, to me, really help harmonize and accentuate that flow of divine life force energy as it moves back through your body. Well, and, and honestly, that like just as somebody who's never experienced it in that way um i've had energy work but never with plants the when you think about a tree how yeah. it you know takes in and then releases oxygen and the natural 
um, cyclical nature of how it utilizes um, just ox oxygen in general, just the, the basics of plant function. Right. Makes total sense how it would amplify what's already happening within the chakra healing uh, yep. session because that's its job essentially is to take something and turn it into something else. Yeah. I mean, plants are the bridge between, between matter and life in a lot of ways. Um, and in pranic healing, there's three main sources of prana really? on earth. Can you explain yeah. to those who don't know what pranic healing is, um, kind of what that is so that they can just follow along? Yeah, totally. So the word prana is a Sanskrit word for life force energy. So it's the same word that the Chinese use the word chi or the Japanese ki. So pranic healing is similar to Reiki in that it's a no-touch, non-invasive form of en energy manipulation. It's a specific type of work that was created by Grandmaster Energy Worker Chokuk Sui, and he combined elements of Chinese energy work, Japanese energy work, Tibetan energy work, and even some concepts from Kabbalah to create this session that really works on cleaning, cleansing the aura and the chakras, really cleaning those out, cleansing those out, using hands as well as some color visualization, and then re-energizing the body. About 90% of any session is really gonna be more of the cleansing and clearing of the scale energies that have gotten stuck within the body and in the um, inner and health auras of the body. Clearing all that out so that you are now open for more of that prana, that divine life force energy to flow back into your body. Okay. So one of the things yeah, one of the things that's interesting with energy work, and I actually have a video I just put up last week that kind of goes into more about this on my IGTV. Um, and if you go to my website, I have a whole like background information about chronic healing and crystal energy work as well. Um, but we, before anything manifests as a disease within our body or manifests into any kind of ailment, it starts within our energy first, within our aura first. And so it's really important to keep yourself in flow, letting energy come in and also be released. And when energy gets stuck in certain areas or when you're leaking more energy than you're taking in, that's when problems usually arise. Chronic mm -hmm. healing really helps to ascertain where your body is, what's your current baseline, where are you stuck? Where are you depleted in energy? Where are you maybe congested in energy? Clean everything out, cleanse it, move it away, discard it so that you can then re-energize the body with new fresh prana. Got it. Yeah, that's the prana healing. Okay, um, so sorry, I did I was like, I didn't want to like interrupt, but I wanted to make sure that like everybody was like, okay, like pranic. They're like prana, like sometimes she talks about prana. I'm not sure what that is. I want to just yeah. say that we're all on the same page. So um, go ahead and then walk us through uh, what the session kind of looks like. So in my sessions, I start off by just first taking a look at the chakra system. So I utilize my crystals at that point. I utilized, it depends if I'm in session with you. And one thing that's super cool about energy work is it can all be done remotely as well. Mm -hmm. So because we're all connected through the earth's aura, um, so I take a look using my crystal pendulum and I check to see which of your chakras are in flow, which are stuck and which might actually be leaking energy. And then I utilize some of the techniques I've learned in pranic healing to do just a scan of your body to ascertain where you might have areas of depletion, which means not enough energy or areas of congestion, which means too much energy, like stuck. Yeah, so people don't realize that you can have both. Like, oh yeah, it really gets us. Uh, we're often speaking of like blocked or congested, but you can also have too much and an excessive or um, a really open chakra as well, where she's talking about leaking energy. Where that's maybe something where you know you're a people pleaser, so you're you know yeah. doing too much in one area and then not taking care of yourself. It kind of works that way in the energy system as well. Yeah, like for example, when I, when I work on myself, what ha tends to happen to me is I get energy stuck in my, my upper chakras, like up in my head, mm. and then I tend to often leak from my solar plexus. So those are areas where I often have to do work on myself to rebalance and realign. 
be like, get it together, girl. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> and I can feel when that's happening, right? I'm, mm. Well, the more that you do it, and again, the more people are just aware of the subtle shifts, the more that they can maintain their own energetic bodies by themselves and go for chakra healing or energy work with a practitioner from time to time when they feel like they need that extra help. But the wonderful thing about working with um, elements of the earth is it's accessible to everyone. You know, everyone can find a plant. Everyone can find some crystal, like for the most part, um, I feel like a lot of that is pretty accessible and in, as far as helping you along, but there's so much power just residing within your own body to heal. Well, one of the things they teach us in pranic healing is when you're starting to feel a little out of whack, you know, get outside, go for a walk. And they say, go sit by a tree, go yeah. sit by a tree, touch it, really like put your back up against it because prana has three sources here in, on earth. It comes from the sun, it comes from the air, and it comes from the earth. So that, those are ways that we can always bring in new vital life force energy. Plants take all of those three. They use the sunlight for photosynthesis for their own energy. Their roots are in the earth, so they're gaining minerals and sustenance from the earth. And obviously air, right? They're creating, they're absorbing and creating clean, they're absorbing carbon dioxide and creating clean oxygen. So they are functioning, breathing in the air and out the air as well. So being able to work intimately with plants is a beautiful way of allowing more prana into your own experience. And I honestly believe that this like resurgence of plant style, you know, like anytime you go on any kind of social media feed, it's like any style shot has to have at least a little bit of a plant in it, right? Yes. They're like, ooh, and for my slight accent color, green. Right. <laughs> right. And I mean, you'll see it even like, you go around to coffee shops and, you know, boutique hotels and boutiques, like everyone is getting in on this plant styling. Well, and it's interesting that you would say that. So we went to look at some model homes and oh, yeah. I've always really noticed in order for the home to feel warm and welcoming, um, I talked to a girlfriend of mine that does design, like interior design and stuff like that. And she, mm -hmm. that's something they implement plants yep. um, because of the connection that you automatically feel as a human and you don't even realize it, that it does make you feel more connected to it. Um, it makes you feel more secure at ease just by, even if they're honestly, even if they're fake plants, <laughs> which sounds crazy. You just don't think about it, but it does. It makes you feel like at home. Yeah. So the live plants will actually give you that prana. They will yeah. bring in that life force energy. But I think the fake plants do have benefit as well. Um, a really famous professor from Harvard, he was a biologist, E.O. Wilson. He wrote this book back in the 70s called Biophilia. And biophilia basically means, you know, biology is life and philia is love. And his whole theory is that humans have this innate love for other species. It is wired into our DNA because we evolved in nature. We are nature. <laughs> we, you know, we often feel separate right now. We often feel as though like nature's out there, but we are as much a part of nature as any other species on this planet. Yeah, part we of have the system. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have a system. We are not a separate system. <laughs> no, not at all. And everything that we need to survive is created through nature and from individual um, Yeah. And I think we have an added responsibility now because as a species, we've done some, some, uh, some damage. <laughs> well, you're seeing it now, as we're speaking now, there are, um, I'm not sure what it'll be like when this episode airs, but there are huge fires, bushfires happening in Australia. Um, yep. And it's killed, I think, like half a billion um, animals. And I mean, there's death tolls of humans. So when we look at what we're doing as human beings, feeling um i was talking to somebody the other day about you know we think that we are so safe in our homes and that we created this security for us in our man-made homes we have these really nice backyards but honestly like a fire comes by and it's like no no mother nature's going to show you who's boss like you don't have the control so to think that we are separate from um all these other ecosystems is so uh, like egotistical almost of us um, because look at at the um, amount of power that really the earth holds and instead of 
keeping that in reverence. I think when it, it's the earth is trying to show us where the imbalance is Definitely. and kind of bring awareness to like, you need to balance it out as part of part of the ecosystem, not as a separate ecosystem. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, the ancient Vedic texts talk a lot about how we are a smaller microcosm of yeah. the larger yeah. macrocosm that is this earth and the earth is alive. You know, she is, she is alive and she's way more powerful than any, each and any one of us. But I think one thing that's really important, especially when talking about health and wellness, is this realization that we cannot separate our own health and wellness from the health and wellness. Those two are in, inextricably tied. Yeah. And so what I think one thing that's really important is that we need to talk about conservation and sustainability, not just from the standpoint of other species and you know, ecosystem function, while of course, yes, we do need to talk about it, we also have to really recognize that it comes down to our health as well. Yes. I don't think it's, it's not for nothing that we are seeing people really struggling with anxiety, depression, inflammation, cancer, and, you know, a lot of these kind of very stress-related illnesses, and you take a look at also what we're doing to the earth and what the earth is dealing with, right? And those- Earth those, is stressed out right now. She, yeah, and she, you know, I think she's angry with every reason. Um, it's, like, it's like when your mother is like, listen, I'm teaching you a hard lesson. I feel like yeah. she is trying to teach all her children a hard lesson right now. Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, you hear a lot about how like, we have to save the earth, we're destroying the world, the earth. And I don't think it's, I mean, let's recognize this planet has been around <laughs> far longer than human beings than, than our species. And I honestly believe this, this earth is gonna be around way longer than us possibly too. I think this is not so much about saving the earth as it is saving ourselves. Yeah. Because we're just creating conditions right now that make it harder for organisms like us to continue to thrive. Right. So the earth will be around. She'll, you know, the fires will rage, the floods will drown, and she'll be around for whoever makes it out of the mud, right? <laughs> Learn to swim. <laughs> Thank goodness I love to swim. No. Right? You feel like I got this down? My background is in marine biology, okay? Right, totally. I even have webbed toes. I'm straight. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so I think it's a shift in thinking. Yes, I do believe that we have a responsibility to other species, and we have a responsibility to each other. And I think that one of the things that we learn in ecology is that nature is also, is always seeking, seeking an equilibrium, right? It's always about a, a balance, a harmony. And our bodies are doing the same, right? Whether we're having a flow of energy come through or we're getting stuck or even some of the mindset patterns we have, right? If we've been thinking a certain way for a long period of time, you're not going to just all of a sudden change your mindset. It takes some time. You need to change find that harmony, find that balance, but it's always seeking some kind of equilibrium. Mm. And I think that's something that's really important for us to remember and speak within ourselves as well. well and even as you're doing like all of your healing work with the plants and stuff like that, not only is that kind of paying homage to, you know, mother nature and the gifts that she gives, but it also is, you know, kind of facilitating a collective healing too, as we begin to heal ourselves, it opens up the opportunities for others to feel safe, to also heal themselves and their, uh, their energy system so that they can operate at, um, you know, their highest, their highest level of functioning. And as that trickles down, it allows the earth to then heal herself as well. Um, and those, that balance to come back in as we begin to balance ourselves again, like our inner world reflects on our outer world. So as we yep. begin to heal, we then just out of the natural flow of nature, the earth will begin to heal itself as well. Yeah. And you know, when I was really involved, uh, working in conservation education, I didn't see it as much of like work on yourself first and then, and then work on the world. Like I really saw it as like, no, we gotta, we gotta protect the, the oceans. We gotta save these, these habitats. We gotta save these species. We gotta let people know. Um, and then working with the plants, it brought it more personal for me. The plants were the ones that guided me into, you have to heal yourself first. You have to work through the fear. 
through the anxiety, through the self-doubt. Those, those areas are where you're going to find your transformation. And from there, from there, then we can move into working on the larger scope of mm-hmm. bringing more harmony, more sustainability back to the world itself. So then what would, so being that you work with uh, succulents so avidly, what, um, and I know a lot of your work does to come from um, plantscaping versus Mm -hmm. landscaping. So explain to people the difference and then we'll kind of go into why you do one versus the other. Yeah. So landscaping is really about creating these beautiful areas exteriorly, often like in your gardens. Um large outdoor spaces. Uh, and a lot of people who go into landscaping are like landscape architects, they do beautiful work. For what I do, I'm trying to create smaller accessible spaces for people to connect back into nature and their love for nature. So I focus more on interior plantscaping. So that means bringing plants and elements of nature into the home, into the workspace, into small patio spaces, Um, places that people may not have as much access to a large landscaping feature, for example, but they really want to bring more plants into their experience. So I do work like that. So uh, for example, I've done some work with a yoga studio Mm -hmm. where I've created a whole, what I call, I call it a purifying plant wall. So I use, yeah, I use these great uh, Wally Grow eco planters. They're actually made from recycled plastic, which I love. I love it. love them and it's very easy to screw them into the wall and I fill them with houseplants that are well known for their ability to purify the air and produce cleaner oxygen which I felt is great for a yoga studio where people are breathing heavily <laughs> and really focusing not the air up in there yeah not the air and people are really focusing on their breath right yes. so it's Again, only better for the the pranic work so right. the, as you in in yoga we use pranayama or breath work to heal the body. It's the same type of thing is if you're utilizing plants and their prana, their life force, they're helping to purify. So in a space where you're doing breath work, working on your life force, it makes sense to have, you know, not only plants in like a yoga studio space where you're really working on yourself, but also in your home. Oh, totally. Day-to-day like health. Yep. I've created a little sanctuary up in my home, like a little, it's kind of like my meditation spot and I have like over 20 plants. In yeah. So, um, and, and being that they're succulents there, it's not like you really have to water them a ton. They, the upkeep is minimal. Right. They're, they thrive so well on their own. They're so, they're like a, they're like a, a 24 year old child. They're like, listen, I'm pretty independent. I really can do this on my own. I got this, but Hey mom, could you help me out just a little bit like this week? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And I have a good combination of both succulents and houseplants, which tend to be a lot of people species in my home. And I think one thing that's, um, especially when it comes to caring for plants, it's, uh, it's more about creating kind of like a schedule. So if you start being someone who really, really babies your plants from a from the beginning, like you missed it a few times a week and you're making sure you're watering it exactly every seven days, you're going to create a plant that like needs that. But you can kind of, <laughs> right? Like, the, the helicopter wild. parenting your, your plant. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. Um, but if you set it up so that like, for example, in my house with most of my tropical species, I water them every day. Mist at all, really. I don't really feel like they need it. Um, and so that way I'm not creating a, a schedule or a regimen that I can't keep up with. And I think that's really important. I think that when you become too infatuated with the upkeep of your plants and you start stressing out over like a fallen leaf or a little brown tip, you start kind of blocking yourself a bit from the wellness that's coming from that plant because you start overanalyzing and the energy is getting stuck in your mind. You're creating stressors, which the whole point of plants is to take some of that, invite that stress, that excess energy and recycle it and really help it to flow more easily. You're just creating more of it. Yep, exactly, exactly. And and it's interesting because like when you go, if if you have a plant and you're like, I don't know why it's doing this. And then you go on Google and there's like, reasons that all <laughs> contradict each other and then you're like pulling your hair out because you don't know what you're supposed to do that's not what it's about 
Right. You're like, that's counter counterproductive. Yeah. So I tend to be someone who works with plants, not so much from a very scientific, like every fucking month I fertilize with fertilizer, which has this much potassium. I'm really more of an energy person with plants mm. where I, I care for them, but I do it in a way that fits into my lifestyle. I also have two young kids. So, you know, and a dog and a husband and a house and all of that stuff. So I make sure that I have plants that fit into my lifestyle and I don't stress too much if a plant has some dropping leaves or every now and then I still lose a plant and I see that as a learning experience. Right. I don't berate myself for it. I'm like, okay, well. It's served its purpose. Right. Well, like it is what it yeah. is. It's part, of, it's a natural circle of life. Right. And some, you know, some plants you get, they might not be as strong as others and that's okay. That's okay. So, um, what are some, what are some that you would recommend, like, like two plants that you would maybe recommend that everyone have in their home for their, um, their value in, in either energy or, um, um, like air purification. They're really, really, but something that is going to create a lot of value in people's homes. Okay. So the first one is aloe vera. Oh, Yes. Aloe vera plant is just a medicinal powerhouse. Um, they're also really pretty. You yeah, know, they can they get are. really yeah. When they get big, they can be really like statuesque and make these really cool, like they remind me of an octopus a little bit. <laughs> and they and as someone who loves to dance too, I just I love the movement in their leaves. Um and they are just so amazing to have. You can if you live someplace where it's warm all year round, you can definitely plant them if you have a home where you have windows you can keep them inside as long as you're getting some nice light in there um, and you can cut their leaves take out the flesh you can make your own aloe vera gel so that's great for any burns any scrapes bruises well not so much bruises but any kind of burns or scrapes you can make your own aloe vera juice um, which is really really good for digestion and then one of the things I love making with aloe vera is a hair gel um, where oh. you can, yeah, it's amazing. I have really kind of curly, dry hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the aloe vera is really moisturizing. I combine it with some avocado oil and some rosemary essential oil and lavender essential oil, which are both really good for scalp stimulation. So that's good for hair growth. Rosemary is also really good for memory and like stimulating brain. Um, and then I just you're like, listen, I will revamp your entire like skincare <laughs> regimen as well. <laughs> Well, and aloe vera is great for the skin, yeah. really, really good for the skin. So you can even just take the gel and like kind of mush it up and put it on your face like a mask, leave it on for, you know, 15 minutes and then wash it off. And it's just so moisturizing and also firming. So yeah. it's like, it's really nice. Yeah, your skin feels um, nice and taut afterwards. Right, right. It's, it's wonderful. So that's definitely a plant I highly recommend. Another plant I recommend for inside the home is the Sansevieria plant or the snake plants. Some people have called it the mother-in-law's tongue. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's lots and lots of different varieties. In terms of energy, they definitely have a more kind of like masculine energy, for lack of a better word. They definitely have a very kind of like, I'm here kind of energy. It's not as soft and flowy as, say, like Apothos, the Devil's Ivy. Mm. But Sansevieria are amazing for inside the home because they are powerhouse air purifiers. They produce a ton of oxygen and they actually continue to produce oxygen at night while a lot of other plants go to sleep succulents have developed this really cool ability because most of them evolved in really hot dry conditions they don't actually like to do their gas exchange during the day because when they open up the pores in their leaves they would evaporate all the water they're holding on to So a lot of succulents have evolved this thing called CAM, photosynthesis, which means that they're taking in sunlight during the day and they'll absorb carbon dioxide. They don't actually open up the little stomata, the little pores in their leaves to let out the oxygen until nighttime when the sun has gone down and they're not going to lose their stored water. So they're a really good one to have in your bedroom, actually, because they continue to produce oxygen at night. Like a natural kind of, not a humidifier, but air purifier. That's the yeah. word. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they're really pretty and they have like lots of different varieties. You know, there are some that are more tropical that kind of come straight up. And then there are some that were more like hard and they kind of come like cylindrically. Like they're just really, they're really pretty. 
And there's just so many varieties. So especially yeah. as somebody who does plantscaping, it gives you a lot to work with that is still like so beneficial to human beings. I think yep. um, placing that, I love that you place the value of, yes, I'm going to, you know, build this plantscape for you, for your home. But the reality is I'm also building something that is going to support your well-being, considering that we yep. take in so many um, environmental stressors, like, you know, blue light from our TVs and our computer screens and all the um, electromagnetic fields that are, are disrupted through like Wi-Fi routers and, and all of those types of currents, yep. utilizing things like plants that really support your, not only just your body function, but I mean, down to like your immune system, your nervous system, um, your energetic body, all of those things without, again, having any hindrance. Yeah. It just and, helps you. And going into that too, there's actually a ton of crystals that are also really, really wonderful for things like absorbing some of those um, electromagnetic waves that come off of technology. And there are some plants that are really good at that as well. So the Sansevieria plant is another one that's really awesome for absorbing uh, those electromagnetic waves off of technology. So I have two next to our television downstairs, and then I have that, and um, also cacti actually are really good at absorbing that as well. So I have some by my little computer in my office. Another thing I love about the Sansevieria is they're so easy to care for. I mean, they can be watered once a month. And be oh, that's totally, my <laughs> yeah, and be totally fine. And they can be acclimated to bright light conditions or like almost no light. They are just like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> you know? that's awesome. And honestly, I mean that, that just saying that alone, it's like, that's so easy then for everybody. Like if you're looking for an easy way, yep. like they, they are like, you know what, I can't get to an, a healing session with you. Um, you know, I really like what you're doing, utilizing the plants and the life force energy behind them to facilitate healing. But I just, I'm not there. Get yourself a plant. Like yes. the Sansevieria. Sansevieria. Oh, get a Sansevieria. And then you can find them in all different sizes. You can find them in like a small four inch size for your any kind of coffee table or desk. You can find them three or four feet tall. I mean, it's the variety is just incredible. Some of them have yellow coloration in them. Some of them have almost like a bluish gray color to them. So it's really super fun to work around with from a style point of view as well. That is so awesome. So um, her, so Raquel's book, The Infinite Succulent, is actually a craft book to help teach you how to utilize plants and kind of create. It's the like how she was getting into utilizing plants to as a creative outlet it's something that you can do as well if you're looking to pick up um, something to really work your creative juices and maybe get out some stagnant or stuck energy um, you can also book a session with her um, that's through your website correct yeah infinitesucculent.com yeah. and i actually offer um <clears throat> the services that i offer for energy work i i had mentioned that i do the, the chakra read but at the start of any session, I'm going to read the chakras and let you know kind of what your baseline is. But I also offer that as a standalone session where, you know, we can just connect over a phone call like so. And I'll just let you know what, how your chakras are currently and just give you some ideas of crystals, plants, affirmations you can use to help align yourself if you're not interested in going through the entire energy cleanse. It's just a way to kind of get a little bit more familiar with your own chakra system. Yes. Well, and honestly, I can think of like so many people that, again, are like, I'm interested in that, but I don't quite, they're not quite there as far as, again, wanting to do a full clearing, right. not really kind of sure what that all entails. It's a really good, like, dip it, your toes in, understand your body a little bit more, understand that modality without, again, taking all that homework. It's kind of like a self-paced course versus like an immersive experience. Exactly, exactly. And I think it's really interesting. The people I've done that session for, they've always told me like, once I've let them know kind of where they might be stuck or where they might be leaking energy, it's almost like an aha moment for them. Because they're like, oh, well, that's why I've been procrastinating on this. Or that's why I've been having such a hard time, you know, voicing how I feel about the situation. Because like the throat chakra is stuck, right? Right. So it's, it's, it's just illuminating, really. 
That's so amazing. And she also, um, if you do go to her website, if you're interested in any of those, she also has the option um, to sign up for a free ebook for top plants for home and health. So if you're interested more on this subject of like how to really enhance your home um, to one of higher vibration, give you a little bit more health within your home. And like, honestly, like, let's be real, we all like it to be aesthetically pleasing. So <laughs> she has a lot of Raquel's just amazing and has so much information on all of that. So if you're not already following her, she is um, on Instagram at the at infinite succulent. So I-N-F-I-N-I-T-E succulent, S-U-C-C-U-L-E-N-T. Um, you can go find her and all of her services and her sweet little ebook um, uh, at infinitesucculent.com. Um, so this has been like so, so amazing. I think for so many people to just really conceptualize like how easy and also how powerful, um, non-invasive plant medicine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just honestly the power of, of mother nature and how you've really utilized that as a tool and that everybody has that capability to implement all of these things in their life. But if you're looking for a little bit more guidance, uh, Raquel is your girl. So thank you so, so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Oh, Shalane, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this conversation and I would love to help you out with your plant game too. <laughs> Seriously, like, oh goodness. I, I was so proud of myself, honestly. Like a lot of the things that you were saying, like stop worrying about it so much, blah, blah, blah. Like once I started doing that, I have kept two plants alive and they're, <laughs> I know they're like, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just watering it when it looks like I think it needs water and calling it. Yes, but that's it. You're learning to communicate with your plants. You're learning to read them. Right? And I'm telling them how much I love them because I know it's important to speak kind words. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I always ask everybody one last question before we uh, go. If you live to be a hundred years old and could share with anyone the secret of of life for living a healthy, uh, happy life, what would it be? It's mm. a great question. Um, I think for me, it comes down to really connecting yourself back with nature and with your own creativity, your own creative force as part of nature. Yeah. That, that magic of nature and creation. Yeah. And again, like, literally from birth you were created like we are just nature we are as beings like to you know we feel good when we create and stuff like that so I love that because it really just takes it back to I mean life was not meant to you know go to work eat dinner sleep it really mm -hmm. is so much can be so much more grand um going back to just the basics of of mother earth and connectivity so I love that thank you my pleasure thank you all right. So if you really enjoyed this episode and um, really had some huge takeaway, we would love, 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 love to hear from you. Go ahead and take a screenshot of this episode, uh, throw it up on your Instagram stories. You can tag us at Shalane Carter um, and at Infinite Succulent. Um, let us know what your biggest takeaway was. Show us your plants. We want to see them. Um, maybe I'll show you like my plants that I've been working on. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see them. Right? Like all my plants are going to get... I'm going to tag Raquel in them. Yeah, please do. Please. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Raquel.